Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Welcome. No. Oh, my God. Sorry. Good morning, millennials. I'm so sorry. I've been doing the show by myself for five days and I'm short circuiting. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. Happy Friday, as Rebecca Black would say. Hope everyone had a great week. I'm so excited for today's show because we are joined by someone who's been on my mind for the last week because I have been reading his memoir nonstop. And it has really been a life-changing week for me. And I'm so, do you feel weird sitting here like knowing how much I know about you? I, no, I, I prefer it. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. I definitely, when I, not to make everything about me. Please do. But when I was doing podcasts like for my book, I felt weird because I was like really personal in the book and you went like above and beyond. Sure. So now you're doing interviews. Of course, not everyone reads the book and I've been watching some of your podcasts knowing some people didn't read the book. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it feels like uncomfortable because it's like a diary almost. Like you really go hard in this book. I didn't feel that raw and transparent when I was writing it, but since I've sort of put it out into the world, I was like, oh God, yeah. I feel <laughs> naked. It's very exposing. And you know, I feel like a lot of toasters can probably relate to this, like people who grew up with you and sure. then in different iterations of our life, like you've always been woven in and out of our lives. Like in the Vine era, you were like a huge part of our lives. For those of us who were invested in popular culture, which if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously were. Come on. Um, and now with like all these TV shows, and I just, I loved the book so much. And we're going to do a whole segment on it. You are going to host with me. We're going to get your your take on what's going on in the world. Yes. But I just have to congratulate you. Like I loved it so much. And it was long. Not page wise, but your font was kind of small. So like I feel like your book actually could have been double the amount of pages mm. if your font was bigger. Is that better if it was like the size of a Harry Potter book? Well, so the thing is, like, I have this thing, like, I can't watch long movies and I can't read long books. Like, sure. I just, I have no patience for it. But I enjoyed your book so much, even though I thought it was kind of long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. I, you know, I know you are Randy Reader over there. I always see you on your IG stories. You've got your Kindle on vacation. Who reads on vacation? I That's like the only place to read. I guess, yeah. Where it, else? If you're going to read, you know, well, if you people, had to read a book, what are you going to do? Read it when you're like babysitting your son or when you're on the beach? It's true. That's probably like the, the proper environment. <laughs> you know, I'm like a man of the people. I think people are reading on the train and whatnot. Oh, I guess. Yes, yes. I don't um, have a commute because <laughs> I live right here. So <laughs> I guess that's nice. fair. Um, are you a big pop culture girly? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. mean, I like the things and I'm married to a secret pop culture lover. Oh, My really? wife tries to front like she's above it. She loves the housewife. She um, loves her things. Do you yeah. pretend to hate it and then like watch over her shoulder? No, I'm down the clown. I 
there was a time like in 2017, 2018, where we had our Shaws of Sunset, Vanderpump Rules, yeah. like Jersey Shore. So good. And it just felt like it really bonded us as a couple. It was the golden era of reality television, the Jersey so Shore years more specifically. You know I'm friends with Kirsten Doty from Vanderpump Oh my God, Rules. you are? Yeah. So am I. I literally love her. She's as good as it gets. She's a unique individual. Isn't it just odd when you're around these people that you've watched? And, and it's odd to like talk about them and then like see them in social settings. It's like awkward. Yeah. It's, and, and also I'm like, do I, like, what do I bring up to you? Do I bring up the, the show? show? Like you don't want to be a fan, but like right. you are. It's so, I, I remember when I met, like, because I'm a diehard Howard Stern fan forever. <gasps> mm -hmm. And you don't know what shtick and what's, and I, I think I've told this story before. So when I was doing that show, Grandfathered, with John mm -hmm. Samos, and I played his son, mm -hmm. and I wish I could teleport and tell chubby 13-year-old Josh that one day. You would be akin to Josh Samos, John Samos. It would have made my bar mitzvah way better. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been your theme. Yeah. What was your bar mitzvah theme? Yeah. Rough. It was Broadway. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Broadway. By the way, that was my mom. My mom forced that on me. Okay, so we, like, years ago, we did a whole Patreon episode, podcast about, like, bat mitzvahs and Jewish culture. Ooh. And I have, like, trauma with my bat mitzvah theme Tell because me. I had absolutely no choice. Like, it was just chosen for me by, like, the planner and all the adults involved. My mom was very into it. And I, like was like, I had so much shame associated with Like, I don't even want to tell you what it was. Come on. Because for those who have never been or experienced a bar mitzvah, like, themes, themes need to be very specific. Sure. You agree. Broadway is extremely specific. So most kids, the most popular ones are like, you know, Josh's candy bar or, mm. uh, you know, baseball. Like, something baseball, the kid yeah. loves. And so mine, I like don't even want to say it. Like, But you can find out now at the $10 <laughs> level of Patreon. <laughs> Actually, it's seven ninety nine. dollars um, Mine was... Um, Colors, <laughs> which is just like vague. I guess I didn't realize at the time, like it was like rainbow themed, which I guess just meant I was like an ally in training because I didn't really do it on purpose. And now I look back thinking it was very kismet since I consider myself a great ally of the LGBTQ plus community. Yes. But like it was, it was like color me Claudia, which I like just isn't a theme. <laughs> That's just such a like 50s party planning, like Jewish. She lives on Long Island. She's like, <laughs> I know what she'll love. Colors. <laughs> like, just not a lot of thought there. Did you get bullied a lot in school? I did. For your weight? Yeah, oh yeah. But not for loving Broadway <laughs> and being an actor. I mean, the actor thing was kind of like, the Broadway thing was sort of pushed on me because my mom was like such a musical theater mm -hmm. person and I was like sitcoms, like Family Matters, right. Full House, and you know, Adam Sandler movies. So the acting thing was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that you know they were like oh we saw you in a toy commercial the right. other day but but for being overweight yeah i mean it was instant i mean it was almost like i would notice people would have like a knee-jerk reaction like i would see something flash in their eyes and i'd be like here it comes yeah like they could almost couldn't hold themselves back right 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 i think people tell me what you think i think people have this like subconscious weird thing of like maybe if i shame him he'll do something about it. I think when it comes to kids, mm. and you talked a lot in the book about how like at a very young age, you were like 290 pounds. Yeah. And I think when it comes to kids, adults are so nasty, but they really come at it with good intentions, like thinking they're being helpful. Like maybe he doesn't know he's fat. <laughs> right. When like you obviously do. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in the dog section of Macy's. <laughs> it's called Huskies. Okay, yeah. I can't get away from it. But I do have to say, I think you wrote about the fat experience like, 
perfectly. Like, oh. because unless you've really experienced it, like you'll never forget the first time you heard someone call you fat, whether or not they meant yeah. for you to hear it or not. Like I thought the way you wrote about it was so poignant. And as someone who's experienced it, like I just loved it because you put it into words better than anyone ever could. I, I so appreciate that. And I was really careful and I made sure to like, my, my wife was so helpful with that section because she just was like, you have to walk this fine line because things are better today yeah. and they should be. I Yes. Well, you know, I, I mean, okay, we're going to dive me. in, but I had one question that I wanted to ask you, which now seems like a good time to bring it up. When you talked about your weight loss, and I was really interested to open the book and find the magic secret to losing weight, and there wasn't one. It was just hard work, which was really disappointing. I like, know. It's really upsetting. Incredibly upsetting. To Don't everyone. buy the book. It's useless. <laughs> <laughs> but I found in the chapters where you were talking about like your decision to lose weight, I felt like you were defending that choice a lot hmm. because we, like, like in some way, I think you felt writing about wanting to lose weight, whether it was for your mental health, your physical health was like offensive to some people and you were kind of defending that against the body positivity movement like you can't be body positive if you want to lose weight right did, sure. did you did you do that intentionally well i just think i was walking these i'm just so naturally i'm constantly taking the piss out of myself it's just always been my defense mechanism like i'll make fun of myself first of course and and it, it also was you know, it, it became this thing where it, it felt so damn public mm -hmm. that if I didn't lean into it, it would look like I was avoiding it and yeah. scared of it. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that I'm, I truly am at 35, at least as much as I think over it in, in a good way. Good, like, good, good. I mean, I've, I've been this weight since I was 19. Right. It sticks with you, even yeah. if it doesn't physically stick with you. Totally. But yeah. I, I did want to honor that thing, which was like, body positivity, all these things that have happened over the last 20 years is so good mm -hmm. and right. And I do want to honor that because like I talk about growing up, you tell me, I would see other boys who were like 12, 13 and were overweight. They'd whip their shirt off at the yes. pool, cannonball, freely. And I'd be like, that's a superhero. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm like, how are you not worried? Right, how are you not self-conscious? And I'm like in a thermal and a t-shirt, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, waddling in the three foot section. So. I, I wanted to make sure that I like I wanted to talk honestly about my experience while also like not being totally a jerk to myself because I knew right. it could affect people and also tone deaf because we do live in like a new society that didn't exist when you were on Drake and Josh and you were yeah yeah there was no bo body positivity no. then no not at all yeah um, okay so we're gonna do a whole segment on the book I have literally so many questions but before that let's dive into the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, each bottle can be made of more than 90% water. It's a lose-lose situation for the planet, and Blue Land's idea is simple and beautiful. Buy the bottle once, refill it forever, no more plastic waste. The only thing you need to discard your outdated idea, that eco-friendly products are more expensive and less effective. Just fill Blue Land's beautiful Instagrammable bottles with warm water, pop in one of their hand soap or spray cleaner tablets, and within minutes you have powerful cleaning products in the most incredible scents such as iris agave perine lemon and lavender eucalyptus i use blue land in my home it is stunning and it's great for the environment and right now you can get 20 percent off your first order when you go to blueland.com toast that's 20 percent off your first order of any blue land products at blueland.com toast blueland.com slash oh right toast also, today's episode is brought to you by Modern Fertility. We've always been a big fan of planning ahead, scheduling trips months in advance, plotting our next career move. And you know what? Fertility is something you got to plan also. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick, mail it in with a prepaid label, and you'll get personalized results within 10 days. You'll get insights into your hormone levels, your ovarian reserve, 
which means how many eggs you have left, and other important factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you could talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your tests and options. Also, if you have HSA or FSA, you can put those dollars toward Modern Fertility. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com toast. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com toast, modernfertility.com toast. All right, Josh, let's dive in. I would love to hear your takes. When I asked you this morning, like what you're particularly interested in in mm. pop culture, you said Pete Kanye is always, you know, something you could talk about. Always good. Um, and I'm sorry, like we, we every single day on this podcast we have talked about, <laughs> but it just keeps happening. Yeah, there's something new. Always. And I'm sorry, but like this is a show where we talk about what's going on in the world. And what's going on in the world is that a lot of people have signed a petition to drop Kanye West as the Coachella headliner. So his latest antics have prompted critics to call on Coachella to drop the rapper as one of the music festival's 2022 headlines under the alias Kim Pete, who that's who started. Um, someone launched a change.org petition saying that the organizers of Coachella should be ashamed of themselves for giving West any more of a platform to spew hatred towards his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian and her new boyfriend, Pete Davidson. Now there have been, uh, 5,402 people who have signed this, which is not nothing, but it's not like, it's like a life-changing petition. I like how the page, page six is like so dramatic, you know? It's not a movement quite yet. Quite I yet. want to start a petition and just cancel Coachella. Uh, you I, know what? I, I don't completely like completely agree. I don't like force fun. I In don't the like heat. these Fakakta outfits. Agreed. And you know what? The food trucks, they're never as good as they, they say they're gonna be. The lines for the food, uh, out of control. It's enough already. Have you been? I've never I, I've never been as a silent protest. <laughs> So you're canceling something you've never even been to. I, you know, growing up, because I, I moved to L.A. when I was 14. Mm-hmm. So at that time, like, Coachella was, and I hate to be that old guy, but, like, it just seemed cooler. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so Instagrammable. It wasn't there so was popular. no Instagram. Yeah. But they would still have, like, these incredible headliners every year. Right. And now it's just become, it, it's it's bigger than the music. It's, it's, it's not even about the music. It's crazy. Right. It's, as someone who's been twice, mm. I can tell you it's, and just I want to put myself in defense mode, both times I was paid to be there or else I would never have gone. Good for you. It was like, okay, I'm not going to lie. Like, I had preconceived notions and the first time I went, I was like, this is amazing. Like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like really fun. But then the second time I was like, I can't believe people do this for fun. And people like spend money like, I've been to, have you been to Stagecoach? Yes. Uh, no, but my, I've not been, but my wife, they love it's Stagecoach. It's a life-changing weekend. You're a country queen, I'm, and I'm here for it. If there's one thing you should know about me, it's like, I'm a honky-tonk queen. Like, you can find me on Broadway in Nashville at any time. That's so funny, because you are the hardest core, like, beautiful Jewish <laughs> New Yorker you. I've ever no, met. It's a unique crossover, and, like, I've, I've been listening to, country's becoming cool now, but, like, I was listening to, like, Flyover States by Jason Aldean <laughs> in the ninth grade. Like, it's wow. not, it's not a front. You know, this is who I am. Do you feel a connection to the the message, like, of heartbreak? Like, no, what is it? No, no, and I, you know this, because I've been with Ben since I was 18. It's not really that. I think I'm just, like, a... Hmm. How do I put this? I value no. I like good music. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I do find that in you know certain pop songs and certain genres, I just don't feel like they're good. It's really sure. as simple as that. And if you go to a country concert and you don't even like country music, but you can appreciate you know good music, good you know uh, guitar playing. Mm. It's like it's very it's. To me, it's just like a lot of talent in a country music band, you know? It's not like the click of a button, which it does take a lot of talent. I'm not, you know, 
dissing DJs. I'm just saying. We love you, Dead Mouse. We do. We're, we're good with you, Diplo. But it's like real musical talent, in my opinion. I know, and but isn't it fascinating? I find and this with my wife's family too. Like, if you're a country person and you get into a country person's car, country is on, and that's it. Yes. Like me, you get in my car. Maybe it's hip hop. Maybe it's rock and roll. Like it depends. Yeah. You like country. Well, that's you. The thing is, I have. I don't like to be put in a box, and I feel as mm. though you're putting me in a box right now. What did I do? I have it out. Let's do it. I do like country, but like if I'm getting in the car, like we're probably also going to listen to Taylor Swift. Kind of country adjacent. I, I mean, I I wish she was still country adjacent, but she is not. Okay, fair enough. Like fair enough. yes, we'll be listening to country, but we'll also be listening to um, pop top forty Ryan Seacrest. You know? Sure. I'm I'm kind of a woman of the world. I I support that, and I think that country is. Yeah, I mean, there's something about, and like, I'll be, like, I'll listen to it, and my wife, I'll talk to my wife, and I'll be like, who cares about this Coors Light in these trucks? <laughs> yeah, no, and it's she's niche. Like, but she's like, but you're listening to, like, you know, uh, getting, like, platinum chains and Rolls Royces. Right, like, it's, how's it's similar, that different? Yeah. but different. Exactly. And I, I support think, it. I, by the way, I didn't know that your wife, Paige, was country girly, and now I love her even more. I'm so happy to hear that. I can't believe, like, your wife is your wife. Like, she's such a smoke show. <laughs> she's a babe. She's and a good-looking girl. she's just, like, what we like to call here at the Morning Toast, everything of the sort. She is pretty outstanding, because she's, like, I find women are obsessed with my wife, because she's very beautiful, mm-hmm. and she's cool. So cool. Which makes no sense. None whatsoever. Do you consider yourself a cool person? I mean, I I think at 35 now, like, I've graduated to a point where, like, I don't care anymore. That's such a freeing feeling, I imagine, because I'm still very much wrapped up in the cool factor. Are you? Oh, 100%. You've never met someone more insecure in your life. But also, like, incredibly secure, you know? But is that the dichotomy of people like us? Yes, I think. Like, I, I think I'm known a lot for my confidence. Mm. And what you might not know is, like, I would say 50 to 60% of the time that confidence is a facade. Wow, sure, yeah. I get that. Yeah, I like in meeting your husband. Mm-hmm. I was like, I remember, I, I obviously I knew of you and Ben, and I would watch him on on his Instagram stories, and then I met him in person. I'm like, you're so tall. He's like, what do you think I was some short Jew? <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. And no, he's it's like, true. And I was like, and he has this like swagger to him that you have as well. So to hear that you also like have that insecurity, I think Beyond. I think that's why you you know the people love you. Oh Josh. Come on. Stop. Look. Stop. But I the people get love it. you. You and Ben went to dinner last night. Ben got home and Ben was like, I've literally never been to a meal with someone who was asked to take more pictures in his life. He's <laughs> like, people were asking for pictures on the street in the restaurant chasing you down to your hotel. Ben said it was chaos. It it was it was a nice night. <laughs> And in the book, like you, very more like a lot of times, like you're very reticent to refer to yourself as a celebrity or someone mm. who's famous. Even though, like, you have 12 million followers on Instagram for a while, you were the most followed person on Vine. You were in millions of homes. You still are. Like, you are a famous person, and I just think it's time you admit that. Fine, I'm gonna do it here first on the morning show. <laughs> yes, toast. exclusive. I, Josh Peck. As, uh, I'm famous as Frick. You're famous as Frick. <laughs> Dude, we don't curse here, right? No, uh, no, it's the internet. Sh- famous as fuck. Fuck but, shit, famous, bitch ass. We don't want to get demonetized. We want to oh, make... Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we want all the ads. All of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, because like I think, especially being in comedy and whatnot, like I never... I always want to take the air out of the balloon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, of they, course. Bill... Um, 
Bill Burr always talks about like the only thing worse than bombing on stage is not acknowledging you're bombing. Oh, right? I, yeah, that's a, that's a great quote. And in moments where like I went through natural sort of ups and downs that every sort of journeyman actor who's not Tom Hardy goes mm -hmm. through, like it, I, it felt incumbent on me to be like to call it out first, much like the, the chubby thing. You know, you're a hundred percent right. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are you uh, for people? We don't believe in cancel culture here, but we are extremely upset with Kanye's behavior. Mm. While so many people are like eating it up, thinking it's like funny, it's abuse, it's harassment, and it's really fucking annoying. And like, wow. I'm personally done with Kanye. Um, do you think that Kanye should be uh, canceled from Coachella? I don't know. I don't know as much of the, like I've, I've seen it from a top view. Mm -hmm. So I'd really have to see all the exact exchanges to make like a definitive decision because I never know with people like Kanye and Kim and even like Pete to a certain extent, they're, they're operating on such a, a level of like famous moving sort of culture and the way yeah. like, like just they're turning all the knobs and the buttons. It's beyond like typical celebrity. It's like right. tastemaker, trendsetter, top oh one percent of famous people like i've been upset before reading articles and then the next day they'll be like and then they were at disneyland and right i'm like you know what i'm not getting on this ride you know anymore. what you're so right like because it's my whole life like we get so personally vested in these stories oh yeah and like then people just move on yeah and you just don't know what like they got into a small like kardashian huddle about and they were like we're putting this out tomorrow oh that i don't buy no? That I don't buy, no. And I tell me. I think that like so much of the rhetoric around like Kim and all this being a PR stunt and every time Kim does something, it's like, oh, they're distracting from, you know, Jordan and Tristan. I hate that. First tell of me. all, because one, it's Kim's life. So people are like, Kim started dating Pete to distract from the Travis Scott um drama mm. at Astroworld. You think like P Kim is making life decisions for herself, for her love life, for her family, who she's bringing around her kids for PR? Like, no, that's just not true. And I think a lot of those people who are like, you know, the devil works hard, but Chris works harder. A lot of that is rooted in misogyny. Like, why can't like these six women just live their lives without it always? Don't get me wrong. I think a lot of times they're being, you know, specific, not calculated, but meticulous sure. about how they're perceived. But like, they're just six people trying to live their lives. And it's not always just like a PR move. And I just, I really hate when, when people genuinely think that. Good to know. I agree with you. And I got to say, in every exchange I've ever had, like in a tertiary way with the Kardashians, everything I've ever heard has been beyond lovely. And they're all incredibly impressive. Tell me which Kardashians you've met. Um, I... Okay, so I met, we met Chris at wow. a, a party in Paris, and she couldn't have been lovelier, and she was wearing a dress to die for, and she looks great in person. <laughs> great, I love that. I, it's full support, and I saw Khloe Kardashian at a party, and I was too embarrassed to go up to her because I'm Josh from Drake and Josh. No, come on! <laughs> but, You're an icon living. Like, you made it out of the child star whirlpool True. you're more famous now than you were then like you should have went up i know i should have and randomly it was at maria menounos's birthday party <laughs> hollywood is so weird <laughs> it's so odd and i was like i don't know even why i'm here but i, I feel like I'll, I'll allow chloe to live her life and Stop. hopefully you know just have a drink and a, and a her moment um okay well speaking of pete davidson second story of the day is that mm. pete davidson is now backing out of the blue origin space mission earlier in the week we uh reported that he was going to be one of the passengers on Jeff Bezos's, you know, this like rich people thing of the totally. sending people to space. And so Pete Davidson, every rich person is trying to like one up, like, you know, Pete, uh, Richard Branson got the youngest guy. So then Pete Davidson got the oldest guy in the world to ever go to space. Mm -hmm. 
Pete Davidson is now not going. I'm not sure why, but they're now they're like rebooking his seat. I don't know if he got charged a change fee or anything, but he's not <laughs> going. So funny. And I actually think there I could see a world in which you are asked to go to space, and I want to know if you would do it because you have so many followers that have you like live stream the whole thing. You know, I don't want to throw up on live TV, <laughs> <laughs> and I know there's no way with the G's and mm-hmm. the amount of like it just sounds. Terrible. And I agree. also, I mean, Bezos does seem like a fun hang. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love when he puts on that cowboy hat. It's over. I want to know what's going on in JB's <laughs> mind. But um, all, all in all, I have no desire to leave this earth. I haven't even been to Tokyo yet. Like, right. I want to see what's going on here. First. Why space? And I hear it costs quite a pretty penny. Like a million bucks. Oh, well, right? I think per pat, well, I don't know. Jackie once, we read somewhere that per passenger it costs maybe a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. I don't know, though, but I just... Do you think Bezos was going to pay for it or did Pete Davidson? No, I don't think Davidson... I think this is an influencer trip. Me too. <laughs> it's Revolve in the sky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fashion Nova is sponsoring it. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I agree. He's not paying for it, but he's not going anymore. I mean, I like how he is full-time job is being on SNL. He's uh, never on it. And now he's just going to leave the planet. Like you have responsibilities down here. He's, he's a, you know, I randomly had um, lunch with him at John and Vinny's in Los Angeles a few years ago, uh, even before he started dating Ariana Grande. Mm. And because he, I got in early. It it just, you know, and now I'm not sure whether he would remember me, but, (laughs) but eating dinner or lunch with him at, at a very fancy Italian spot in LA, it, you know, I was like, I know you because I grew up in New York. Like, I'm like, you're a kid from Staten Island. Right. And it just was so he couldn't have been nicer and cooler. And so now, like, sort of watching from afar, I'm like, wow. I, it's crazy, right? And I also do you think about I? you probably don't think about this because you're I feel like you're comfortable because so much of your life is with people like these mm-hmm. huge celebrities. But like I was thinking about like dating someone like Kim Kardashian, you know, uh, is the dream. Right. Yeah, it's also kind of scary. It's so scary. And like by being the way, intimate with the most beautiful woman in the world. 100%. And also, like, here's what we don't think about, right? Skims, you know, worth billions. Billions. They're doing well. Very. But if you're a good dude, you know, you let her pick up the private jet two, three times. Right. Every now and then, you got to be like, this one's on me. I know. And that's a $200,000 hit. I know. And, like, obviously, all these people are so rich, so it's, like, silly to even compare. But, like... I think that the the gap in how much money Kim makes a year versus how much money Pete makes a year as like doing stand up, uh, he does some brand deals, he's sure. Calvin Klein, and then obviously being on SNL. I think there's an enormous gap in their Probably. salaries, and I wonder how that affects the dynamic when both people are arguably like still so rich, you know? It, I mean, I guess it just depends what your baseline of sort of comfort and luxury is. Right? Are you flying commercial or are you flying private? Do you think if you got to that level, would you? I like because to me, I go. Listen, I've had the lay down on Delta One. It's lovely. Yeah, you. Know, I don't need better than that. I agree. <laughs> and you, by the way, you're a points guy, right? I, I'm a big points guy. Shout out Brian. Shout out Brian. I knew that about you. Some, well, I wasn't until I met Brian, and now I'm like such. I could find a way to fly literally from here to Philly in a lay flat bed. Like that's how. <laughs> obsessed I am and yes I agree like once you really get to hack the system like there is a way of flying commercial that's not even close to being private but it's fair pretty good fair oh yeah but also Kim has her own plane now she it was just reported she bought her own plane so she doesn't need to charter anymore Gulfstream it's like sickening Kim Air she's calling it it's the biggest plane I mean it's not as big as Drake's but it's like the biggest thing I've ever seen good for her yeah but the main that's at least a million bucks a month oh the hangar fees the gas you still have to pay all the staff it's incredibly expensive you know we all have our challenges guys no and that's what like people don't understand like being Kim Kardashian is not easy 
No, I, I, I would never imagine that it's easy. No, me neither. And her superpower is ambition and business sense and like and i think people sleep on that because they think like oh well it's just you know it was oh she had a sex tape 500 years ago yeah Yeah, it's ridiculous like you could never do what she does never and actually on the last season of the kardashians she actually said her superpower is her calmness like she Mm. always remains calm even in like crazy scandal family anything she always remains calm and that was like such an interesting take because i would say her superpower is like being smart being influential Mm. but no she attributed all that to her calmness She's the whole package. Got to be more calm. Oh, I, I need to be more calm. For I know, sure. but we're Jewish, so we're like genetically unable to be calm ever. Do you? I'm I'm very reactionary. Like I get like my I can feel my heart twist. Yes. And I go, oh, this is bad. I'm gonna need to eat something. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Me and Ben were actually just ta- every time in the last week Ben has said something. I'm like. Literally, Josh said that in his book. I need Ben. Ben's not a huge reader, but I do want him to get him to read your book. You guys are so similar. And everything, he was talking about how he had our day and he ordered so much Thai food. He's like, this is going to make me feel better. I'm like, well, actually, Josh said in his book that he used that as a coping mechanism. And I actually think Ben would love the book and I'm going to get him to read it. I have to tell you the cutest thing that your husband said about you yesterday, which was congrats on your book. I'm going to read it which will be the second book I've read since I was 13, <laughs> second to my wife's book. You know, that like the book was, it wasn't out yet, but it was finished and we had like bound copies in our home mm. for months sure. before, and Ben read it like the week it came out just cause like he didn't want to be like not supportive. It took him, so if Ben texts you in about 11 years and says he finally read your book, just know it's totally normal and it's no slight to you. Bless him, we'll get him the audiobook. By the way, I've heard amazing things about the audiobook. by the way, you narrate it yourself, right? I do, yeah. Wasn't that a journey? It's so, uh, I'm like, when I'm listening to it back, I'm like, wow, I really have a lisp. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have a lisp, do you? I do a little bit. I have a bad, I have an underbite. Got it. I have no room for the tongue. Got it, got (laughs) it, got it. Have you ever thought about, you know, speech therapy? Oh, no, I did. I went for years. As a kid? As a kid, but it's actually anatomical. Right, you can't fix it. I have no room. Well, I could have my jaw broken. Should I do that for a YouTube video? I mean, for the views, for the schwa vlogs, I think maybe. Uh, Come on, and then I'd have to have braces for six months, (gasps) which would be really cute. I would love that. would actually be like an amazing... series on YouTube like adults with uh, adult braces is like a really tough thing to go through they did an episode of it on sex in the city but it's something that that is like not talked about well and then I feel like all the adults have have all the adults I know have Invisalign now yes and it's like I'm like I can see your bracket I I agree and then when they like take it out before eating I have a friend who got married and like she finished her Invisalign it looked amazing but she refused to stop wearing them until the day of the wedding sure so everywhere we went she was like like slurp it out it's so disgusting like you have to do that in the bathroom well I will say the one have you watched the Kanye doc on Netflix I watched part one so isn't that the most endearing part is his retainers no his retainers are the main character of the documentary they're the best and you know he has an amazing teeth he does have really great teeth. But then I didn't get to that part, but he gets into an accident or something and he has veneers now, right? Yeah, he got he broke his jaw in an accident mm. and then one of his biggest songs, Through the Wire, is him rapping while his, Through the his wire. jaws wired shut. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I do mean to finish the documentary, but I've just found myself so inundated with Kanye bullshittery in the last couple of weeks. Totally. I'm like, I've had it, I've hit my limit. No, I get it. It's hard. You it's see, hard. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to keep going because this next story is beyond funny. Please. And it's brought to you by Jem. Nearly 90% of Americans are nutrient deficient. There's a massive misconception that just because you eat healthy, your body doesn't need anything extra. But Jem is made up of a blend of 15 plus whole food ingredients that give you all the essentials, vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, superfoods, prebiotics, and probiotics to address our modern lifestyle needs. 
and key deficiencies, helping with total mind, body, and support. So if you feel like you're not getting everything you need, especially when it comes to your mind, if you're feeling really cloudy throughout the day, adding gem into your daily routine is something that might change your life because I love a good supplement because I have a really hard time like eating fruits and vegetables, clearly. And gem is a great way to supplement all that. If you want to check out gem and try their seasonal favorite, Citrus Ginger Daily, try it yourself. We have a special offer for the Morning Toast listeners at gemvitamins.com slash TMT. Enter TMT at checkout for 30% off your first order. TMT is in the morning toast. That's gemvitamins.com slash TMT for 30% off your first order. Thank you, Gem, for sponsoring today's episode. Okay, now in the latest news of Hollywood being so beyond out of control and out of touch, Amy Schumer says she pitched the Ukrainian President Zelensky to satellite into the Oscars. Quote, we have so many eyes and ears on the show. So Amy Schumer, she revealed this. Like, she brought it up herself. She revealed on the Drew Barrymore show that she pitched the Oscars producers on having President Zelensky satellite into the show. She said, I'm not afraid to go there, but it's not me producing the Oscars. So as we all know, Russia invaded Ukraine. The Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, was an actor and a comedian before being elected head of state, which is just like a hilarious story. Right. Um, and she wanted to have him brought in. Um, and she thought that was such a good idea, even though it didn't happen. She thought she should tell everyone on the Drew Barrymore show. And I just think this is peak Hollywood moronic behavior. Yeah. Like, really? There's a fucking war going on, and the president made, hold on, let me satellite into the Oscars, where literally four people are watching now. Right, he satellites in, and he gives this impassioned speech about what's going on in the Ukraine, and he goes, and the winner is House of Gucci. (laughs) (laughs) And the winner is La La Land. Yeah, like, that's... it's. It's pretty It's pretty wild. It's pretty out of touch, like, to think that the Oscars are so... And by the way, I understand the sentiment, like, you know, it's a global platform, yada, yada, yada. But first of all, nobody watches the Oscars anymore. Like, every year we come on here and report ratings from award shows, and it's just less and less and less and less. Like, when you compare the amount of people who watch the Super Bowl to right. the amount of people who watch, it's just, like, not even comparable. And so why do you think that is? I think that, um, especially in the age of COVID, like, when so many people were going through, like, real fucking problems, like, yes. nobody wants to watch the Oscars. Like, it's just peak hypocrisy. Like, mm. it's just, it's so out of touch. I think that with the invent of, like, streaming services, we're just, like, all going digital. Like, movies are still super relevant, but they're just not what they were like do you remember for me i always bring up this example and jackie has this running joke that i use like the same four examples and this is one of them please when i was in high school like slumdog millionaire was the biggest movie in the world it won yes. every oscar and it was like such a big deal yes and it was so a part of the zeitgeist the, the music and then the pussycat dolls did jai ho like it was huge yeah and i just can't remember in recent history where a movie has like affected culture that much right because we're just getting with so many streaming channels i heard some statistic that there's 490 tv shows in production currently that is so crazy that's insane that's insane i mean it's good for people like you no looking look thank (laughs) god um lord but you know it's so true that we're and i think award shows about something subjective just doesn't make sense i completely agree like i love a fan voted moment i do yes and I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, certainly, like, you know, wouldn't mind an Academy Award. Of course. <laughs> By the way, me neither. Don't take me out of the running. I could see you as an EGOT. I could see me as an EGOT, too. Yeah. An eclair, a glazed donut, Yum. an onion ring, <laughs> and a... Tell me. A tum, because after all that, I'm going to need a tum. Are you a tum scal? Okay, I wasn't a tum scal until I met my husband. And his family is like, they're tum people. I had never had a tum in my life. Oh. I don't think I'd ever really experienced heartburn, or else I would have sought some sort of relief. <laughs> sure. And when I say my husband are tums people, like, they have Costco-sized jugs in the console of their car. Like, oh, yeah. everywhere. And 
as I got older, when I started getting hungover, I started getting really bad heartburn because I drink a lot of like acidic margaritas, like Eastern standards. Yeah, sweet drinks. Sweet, lots of lemon. Delish. And I think that that's what's giving me heartburn. And I would wake up hungover with like this fire in my throat. I'm like, Ben, what is this? He's like, sweetie, this is heartburn. Yeah, welcome. And ever since I had my first Tom, like I cannot serve, like when we go on tour, like we have this little kit of things that we absolutely must have. It's filled with Tom's. Like I cannot live without Tom's now. I, it's like those, like my car is like those TikToks of like, um, say like, tell me you're Jewish without telling me right. you're Jewish. If you go into my car and you go in the panel, there's a bottle of Claritin. Got it. And Tums. Tums. And it's just very like, oh, allergies and heartburn. Uh, like we, we know what tribe this kid's in. hundred <laughs> percent. I love Tums. Like ever since I started, and by the way, they're atrocious to consume. No matter the flavor, the oh, consistency yeah. is. Chalky. It's unique. It's, yes. It's like nothing I've ever tasted before. But how quickly it inter like it intervenes in what's it's going on? It's literal magic. I I literally feel like I'm 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 ingesting like police officers going to like break up a riot. A hundred percent. It's yes. it's peace. Yeah. Okay, so Amy Schumer is out of touch. Schum. We already knew that. In and a little real oh yeah. Where's I feel like she's come like she just has been a mom for a while, right? She was a mom. I think she had like a lot of success really quickly. And then mm. she took a couple of years off. She got married, she had a baby, and I think like, you know, it just totally. takes a toll. Um and now I think she's slowly coming back. She hasn't done a special in a while since mm. before she had a baby. Um she's been very, very low key. Yes, I agree. And okay, and it's her and Wanda Sykes. And uh, was it just the two of them? Regina Hall? I think, yes. Let's see. For the Oscars? For the Oscars. I reported on it a little while ago, and I thought it was actually a great... How long until Addison Rae and the Demelios host the Oscars? Regina Hall and Wanda Sykes. And honestly, I hope it's around the corner. That, yeah. That I'm is ready. a show I would watch. That I'm ready for. You, have you hosted, did you host the, or you, you've presented at a People's Choice, Teen Choice? I've, I hosted Teen Choice. And That's I got crazy. small resentment. I've never hosted the Kids' Choice Awards. What? How is this possible? That's so bizarre. Why are they doing this? Do you have people? a Kids' Choice Award? Yeah. I got a couple. You do? I'm doing okay. Where do you put them? <laughs> They're at my mom's house. Oh, that's so cute. I'm <laughs> dying. Okay. Um, since you said you're a housewife girly, Luanne de Lesseps was drunkenly kicked oh. out of a piano gay bar over the week. So she was at Townhouse in Manhattan, and allegedly she grabbed the mic and wouldn't stop. One source says that Luanne was... Luann thought she was doing her act. She tried to sing her own song, Money Can't Buy You Class. So but they didn't know it. And um, she was asked to leave. She was wasted. I think it's been, people have been curious if she was um, sober these last couple of years. Mm. She hasn't been on TV in over a year. Um, her sobriety has been kind of murky since her arrest. She was sober, but then there was a lot of rumors she wasn't. There was an intervention. She was sober again. Then she started drinking. So we don't know where she landed. Sure. But now we do. She's drinking. She's drinking and she's at a piano bar. It's uh, arguably one of the best places to be drunk. Agreed. And it's a very common thing. Uh, Sonia Morgan was also kicked out of a um, establishment in Philly that I went to and I was like, this is the place. It was like so exciting. I'm like, this is the <laughs> yeah. place where Sonia Morgan was kicked out. I think this is a rite of passage for New York housewives. New York housewives are all drunks. They're all messy. And I'm curious when you hear stories like this, does it really make you so grateful to be sober? I'm incre I mean, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful to be sober. I'm in I mean, I literally out myself in this book. Beyond. <laughs> about, you know, me sowing my wild oats and being a total cliche in Hollywood for four years. But, you know, when I was getting drunk and acting a fool, like, I, I, there was no camera phones. I know. No I was thinking about media. that. What were the years, you said four years in the book where you were, like, very into drugs and alcohol. What year was that? Probably, like, 
Oh, just around when I turned 18 to 21. What years in the world was that? That was 20 or 2000. I got sober in 2008. So oh, yeah, early. 2004 to 2008. Oh, so that's when I was in the fourth grade. So there was no, <laughs> right. there were no, no, I always think of that. Like I didn't have a, a camera phone in yeah. the fourth grade. Unless anyone was like throwing out their T-Mobile sidekick. <laughs> right, like, right. Quick. But so, no, you're right. You should actually, that's a, something to be really grateful for. Like, oh, th- yeah. if you think of like some of the videos and pictures that could have surfaced of you in your darkest times. I mean, there's like one or two pictures of me just like holding a beer, like looking a little sauced, a I, little bit of a lush. I can't lie. When I was reading the book, I did Google like looking for pictures. Because were you ever arrested? No. No, okay. Well, I thought maybe that was coming, so I was like, sure. Josh Peck mugshot. Gotta see Then it. nothing came up, and then I was like, Joshua Peck mugshot. <laughs> Still nothing came up. Good for you. I like your Googling I skills. I know, I know. But no, it's something to be entirely grateful for, that you went through that time, not at the peak of, like, people, celebrities having no privacy. Yeah, I just like, and, you know, a lot of people will say to me, they're like, oh, I was an alcoholic when I was 20, right? Like, It's not tr- the same. It's not the same. Especially after hearing some of the stories that you write in the book about the incident where you were chased by the police, that was fucking crazy. Like a little beyond. bit crazy. And the incident where like right after you left the house of someone you were picking up drugs from, like that person was stabbed. Yeah, it was, it, it was hectic. I got so lucky. I, I, you know, I've been sober for a long time and, and I did it through 12 step. And I remember this guy said something to me. He was like this older guy in his eighties. He's like, you're here because of your mother's prayers. Oh. He's like, not you didn't do anything to right. get here. This is because of you're one of the lucky ones and forces outside of you got you here. And I'm like, it's so right, because you're right. Like, I was a second away. Right, and, you, and then at that time, nothing scared you. Like, nothing that happened could have scared you into stopping. Because I had been, first of all, I had, like, been overweight my whole life. So then I'm, like, suddenly in the body of what I think is, like, a cool, normal, typical yeah. person. And I'm like, and cool, normal, typical people aren't, you know, people with a career at nine. Right. They're people who act a fool at 19. Yeah. And and aren't worried about, like, you know, upsetting their parents. And, and they just, they go crazy. And that's what I did. I thought I was like, I remember I talk about in the book, like, the first time I did drugs, it wasn't for the effects. It was because I for was For a like, girl. Yeah, it was for a girl. And I was like, oh, this is so normal. Yeah. And I'd been dying to be normal because every time I'd get invited out by, by a girl or to a party, I'd be like, I would love to, but I have to stay home and alphabetize my DVDs. <laughs> 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 were you a were you like a party kid in in your teens or college years? Or? Um. Okay. So I'm still technically like living in my party era. Um, I did grow up in the city, so it was like very fast. Sure. Um, in a good way, not in a bad way. Like I didn't really see much. Like no one was. I went to a Jewish high school, so no one was like snorting lines. You know what I <laughs> sure. mean? Like we were we were fast, but not as fast as some of the other schools in the city. Um. And I went to NYU, mm. which was not really, it was four years of like, honestly, nothing. I, I feel like I actually really missed out on a college experience. Sure. I lived at home for the last three years because I dormed the first year. I'm like, I live in the city. This is a waste of money. And like, I hate all these people and they hate me. So like, I basically just went to class and I had just met Ben. So like we, I, I spent all my years in college hanging out with Ben. Like it wasn't a crazy time in my life. Sure. And then once we got married, I was like ready to party. Yes. So that's the era I've been in since I got married. Was there ever a thought of like, you know what? I'm going to go to the University of Kansas no that you weren't going to go to a city school I grew up in a strict house and like really all my sisters went to NYU we really it wasn't that we weren't allowed it was just like what are you doing leaving the family like stay you know my sister Jackie went upstate New York that's like the furthest anyone went which which was crazy no uh, Colgate 
Mm, yeah, cute. a liberal arts moment. Fun. L- nice. <laughs> Light. Um, okay, we've got one more story, I'm right, ready. before we dive into the book. And it's specific for you because you're our social media star. Please. TikTok is rolling out Snapchat-style stories for more users. Mm. So their experiment with Snapchat-style style stories is continuing with the company further rolling out the feature to a larger group of users today. If you've gotten the feature, you'll be greeted with a new banner when you launch the app, encouraging you to create a story. In a statement, they said, currently we're, ex- we're expanding a pilot test, which provides creators with additional forms formats to bring their creative ideas to life in the TikTok community. So um, this is something a lot of platforms, Twitter did it, Facebook did it. I think they both have been shut down since then. Right. Instagram did it. They stole it from its Snapchat and it was enormously successful. Right. Do you think that this will work? You're on TikTok. You're pretty big. I do well on TikTok. I think if anyone can figure out anything, it's TikTok. I agree. They just seem to know. And they have a like a, their finger on the pulse of the culture. Like They know what the kids want. They listen to the kids and they really can't be stopped. Yeah, I just think it, and if it was ever going to work, I mean, it's it's in a place like TikTok. Like, you just weren't going to Twitter for stories ever. Ever. Are you Never, s- ever, also, ever. we're not going to Facebook. And I mean, what about, what do you think of the subscription model um, for Twitter? Like Twitter Blue, I think they call it. I, I mean, it's not a bad idea, but I think anything Twitter tries to do at this point is just irrelevant. Like, they are a dead company in the sense that, like, I don't think they're ever really going to grow. I think they'll be an important part of, like, the social atmosphere because, it's really the only platform where you can break news. Right. So it has that, and I think it's good for like a few things, but I don't think they'll ever really evolve past that. And I think once they acknowledge that and stop trying, like it'll be so much better for all of them. Which is why they should turn to like a subscription model for people like CNN yeah. or who are like updating it every five minutes and say, well, it's going to cost you $100,000 a month to be on this platform. I just think, And they'll do it. Yes, I think the big platforms will do that. I think that'd be a great revenue thing for them. But I think for the user experience, like we're ne- as consumers, like we're never going to use Twitter differently. Yeah, it's, a, it's it is what it one is. thing. Twitter spaces, Twitter, they could try all they want. Like no one's doing it. It's not. Twitter voices, they try to copy like a... Uh, Clubhouse and Green Room, like no one's buying what they're selling. No, we just want the two two. We just want the breaking news. Yeah, the two eighty. Yeah, now we're at two eighty. Yeah. Cute. Um, okay, so actually, have you gotten the feature yet? I feel like you would be one of the first Should people. We check? Yeah, let's. See. I'm gonna be. I definitely oh, I'm did gonna it. feel really insecure if I didn't get it. Me too. This because it'd be really upsetting. It'd be huge, huge blow to your ego. Oh dear. No, I didn't get it. No. Uh, well, would I know right away? Let's see. Yeah, they say like a banner would pop up at the top. This is unacceptable. Unacceptable. I got you gotta I got talk to your people. Wait. Nah, nothing. Fuck. I got a top. Uh, I got a monetization top brand request from handheld vacuums. Oh wow! Did you do a sponsorship with them? Things are looking up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, speaking of sponsorships, that's a great way to segue into the next sponsor for today and your book, which is all about money, which I loved, by the way, the transparency. So, money is brought to you by Movement. Movement has expanded into blue light glasses that protect your eyes from screens, minimalist jewelry, and more style essentials that don't break the bank. And they're all designed out of their California headquarters. So they're blue light glasses. I wear blue light glasses before bed because I scroll TikTok watching Josh's videos for 45 hours before I actually fall asleep. I watch a lot of TV and that's so bad for your eyes and it helps you. It doesn't help you fall asleep. If you're wearing a blue light glass, it will protect. The ones from Movement are incredibly stylish and they get the job done. So if you work all day in front of a computer... The Everscroll blue light sleep filtering glasses are a game changer. They really help with eye strain and poor sleeping patterns, and I love the modern style of the frames. If you want to elevate your look with style that doesn't break the bank, then join the movement and get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash toast. Again, that's mvmt.com slash toast. Check out their new minimalist jewelry, their style essentials, and of course, the blue light glasses. Okay, your book, Happy People Are Annoying. <laughs> Bye, Josh Peck. Came out this week. Yes. How has pub week been been for you? Good, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I've been seeing you everywhere. Oh, wow. BFF's pod, GMA, like you're you're everywhere. I was with the the View gals yesterday. (gasps) By the way, what was that like? 
I okay. Here's here's a a, a wonderful little, little you know little bite of something, a little tea. I go and and I, I forget, and I'm talking you know to the to the host before, and I'm like looking at the chair, and I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh this this swivels a lot, and one of the hosts goes like. You understand why Joy could fall? Yeah, Joy fell the other day. <laughs> and I said, that's incredible. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I am at the scene of the crime. Did they grill you? I feel like it's such a scary show to be on. Were you scared? They couldn't have been lovelier. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they were so lovely. And and you're right. I was I was certainly like intimidated just because but it's you know the what? show. You're unique in the sense that you've been on the internet for so long and you've been killing it on the internet for so long. And you've really never, I don't want to jinx you, but you've never been canceled. No, oh you don't have God. scandals. Knock wood, knock wood, knock wood, knock yeah, wood, God knock forbid. wood. God forbid, God forbid, God um, forbid. I mean, yeah, I, I, I certainly like no more scandal than something I talked about in the book. Right, that's I, true. That's true. And and like you, I like feel so lucky that I met my wife 10, 11 years ago mm -hmm. almost. Like she was twenty, I was twenty four. Right. So it's like I've kind of been a family man for a long time, yeah. even before my son was born. So. And the, the truth of the matter is, is like, I love famous people like you and Ben. I love people who famous? are famous. Thank you. No big deal. No, it's just, I'm a star. Like, I like people in the industry where we can like actually have real conversations, but like the people that are operating up there where like you talk to them and you're like, are you a robot? Right. Like, is there anything here? Right. It doesn't super interest me. I just like working and hanging out with my family. A hundred percent. Okay. So speaking of family, the first Tell thing me. that I thought about your book was I literally loved how, how you wrote about your mom. Oh. And I loved that she was a thread throughout the whole book in the sense that like you wanted success so bad and not for the reasons that I think typically most people want success fame, money, access, like you just really wanted to be able to take care of your mom. And that was like a thread the whole time, given how you grew up and just kind of um, sometimes unstable environments. And like, you really yeah. just wanted to grow up and be the one to protect your mom. And I just like, I found myself tearing up so much every time you spoke about your mom. It was <laughs> so lovely. Oh, thank you. And how is your mom? My mom is the best. Shout out Barb. Shout out Barb. <laughs> Barb is the best. She's 77. She's totally crushing it. Yeah. We got on the phone after I finished dinner with your lovely husband yesterday, and this is her. I just, and you know, she's been watching The View. Mm -hmm. I go, I, she goes, so tell me. That's how she opens a call. <laughs> so tell me. So she, was she like shepping so much nachis with you on The View? The amount of nachis. I'm going to read you some of Please. the texts I got from my mom yesterday because. I feel like you painted such an ad, like a picture of her. Like I literally, I don't even know what she looks like, but I know. She was about, okay, here we go. <laughs> Just saw the view. I'm beyond proud. I'm for Clemp plotting and overwhelmed. <laughs> that is beyond funny. Okay, that's at 1.55 p.m. At 3.12 p.m. Jeez, the outpouring is awesome, honey. You are so loved. Oh, my God. I'm crying. <laughs> and then I go, I write, thank you. And then three minutes later, did you get a New York slice or a bagel? <laughs> It always comes back to food. Always, always comes back that's to food. Like, I'm, you know, I, I have this really small part in this Christopher Nolan movie that I've I, been working on. Ben told me about it. And, I, you know, I'm so honored to be there. And it's like, you know, Matt Damon and, and all these crazy people. And, and, you know, it's like a proper big, like, I've certainly done some indie movies where, yes. <laughs> where I was like, where's my dressing room? They're Low like, budget. We're, it's, you're in it. I'm like, we're outdoors. <laughs> What's going on? And so my mom calls me and it's my first day. She goes, so they pick you up? And I go, yeah, ma. <laughs> they picked me up. What kind of car? It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Like, I got in a van and they drove me to set. And they're like, 
They provide lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was a lunch. Was it good? <laughs> it was good. Like, good, good, that's good. all she wants to know. What's the spread? Right, of course. And were they nice and to you? And are you getting home safe? Yes, totally. Um, what I found to be so interesting, and I, I love celebrity memoir books. They're like my favorite genre. But to be honest, like, sometimes I do find myself like skipping through people's upbringing because, sure. like, who fucking cares? <laughs> but. First of all, your upbringing is so interesting. One, because of the whole thing with your dad, which we'll get into in a minute. And two, because you were a star. And I had no idea that as like a 12-year-old, you were going to clubs in New York and doing stand-up. Yeah. That's insane. I didn't even know they had kid hour stand-up. We, so I started getting into stand-up because I found there was this thing called Backstage Magazine, which was like the actor's magazine in New York. And in the back, there'd be classifieds. And I read at nine years old, it says, Sid Gold at Gold Star Entertainment. Mm -hmm. We rep comedians of all ages. Right. I said, well, I'm of all ages. Mm -hmm. So I go to meet him and he's like, you know, if you can get five minutes together, I can get you booked at a club. So I like steal jokes from my mom, mm -hmm. make fun of kids at school, and suddenly I'm performing at Stand Up New York and Caroline's, Caroline's. right? Yeah. That's insane. Were you getting paid for that? No. But like you were just doing it to warm up your craft, yeah. have Sid believe in you. Yeah, I just wanted to get Sid some, some eventual commission. Wow, that's so crazy. I never even heard of anyone doing stand up that young. That's insane. And then I like wound up doing it like on the, uh, I don't think I talk about this in the book. So, at the time, the Rosie O'Donnell show was, she was like the first Ellen. Yeah, I remember. Biggest thing in the world. And my mom and I just loved it, and we get tickets, right? Oh. So in every, every episode, she would have someone from the crowd introduce her. Oh, wow. So my mother, God bless Barb, we're standing there, and she sees a guy running around with like a headset on. She goes, listen, I got somebody for you. <laughs> Ten-year-old comedian. Done deal. Rosie's gonna love him. Like, have him introduce her. Five minutes later, we're in the green room. <gasps> yeah, we we went from the line to the green room. That's wow. gonna be the next book. And and we're sitting there, and my mom's like giving me the look, like you know what to do. Right. Like, you don't Kill just it. say what they tell you to say. Of you course. say what you gotta. This say. This is your moment. And I. I wound up doing stand-up on her show that morning. That's such a crazy story. It was so, and then I did did it on Conan O'Brien and like all these things. Right. And yeah, it was it was my thing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, obviously, I knew about the Amanda show and the Drake and Josh of it all, which sure. you do go into in depth. And at that point in your career, when you started having like real traction with the kids show, is when you were at your heaviest. Totally. And I just about lost my mind when you divulged like the day you were introduced to Spanx. Yeah. On set of Drake and Josh with the wardrobe manager because you were just like not feeling it. And she put this thing on you and you immediately were just smoothed out and like it gave you confidence. I, I yeah, I reveal like this is 2002. So there's like there's no Spanx. There's no skims. Right. <laughs> there's, nothing. there's just like the Macy's shapewear department. Totally. Yeah. And so. Uh, shout out Chris she was a wardrobe designer she was like the loveliest woman loved me and kind of knew that like you know it I, I just was I was playing kind of a thankless role at times yeah you know a little bit the butt of the joke at times punching bag a little bit and and so basically like my go-to look was a big t-shirt and sort of like a shirt over that mm -hmm. open nice you know slimming yep 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 middle line yep and so she was, and she could just tell I would like pull at my clothes and I would sort of close myself off in scenes right. trying to cover. I don't even know if I was aware of it. So one day she says, come here, I want you to go in. I want you to put on this tank top. And it's like flesh colored. Right. It's like this tunic, like there's threads popping out because she manufactured Oh, it. that's so sweet. Yeah. 
and I go in and I'm like, this is way too small. And as I'm like putting it on, I'm like, this woman's a chubby chaser. <laughs> like she's obviously trying to like embarrass me. Right. And then she's like, now put the shirt on over it. And I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I say in the book, like, I, I went from like having a muffin top to looking like an overly stuffed bag of bread. Right, smooth. But, but it was smooth. Right. And I was like, I felt like I wore that from 297 pounds to 170 pounds. Wow. Like, and then eventually I found Calvin Klein made one. <laughs> right, that you did. I upgraded. <laughs> but yeah, God bless her. Oh my God, I just love that. I was like, where is the story going? I'm like, Spanx. Spanx, male Spanx. Iconic. Um, and then you really talk about how you made the decision to, to lose the weight and how you kind of thought that would like fix your whole life. Like all your problems you've ever had would be solved. And of course it wasn't. And yeah. then that's how your food addiction turned into a drug addiction. Um, and I just, I was shook. Cause I know you, I know this Josh, sure. we met like what, like a year ago. I was, I just can't picture you being that Josh being chased by the police, picking up drugs in random, like it was just shocking. And it was shocking how honest you were. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I think in writing it, I didn't realize it. And now sort of the reaction, I'm like, wow, maybe I did, you know, <laughs> it did divulge a little much. But I, you know, it was certain moments, like I tell these, you know, specific stories about losing weight and the drug stuff and then like career mishaps. Mm-hmm. And and I was working with a buddy of mine who was sort of, I knew I didn't want a ghostwriter, but I needed an advisor on the Help, book, yeah. Someone I could bother. And he said to me, he's like, if you don't get honest and really tell your story here, like, A, people aren't going to care. Mm-hmm. And B, you're not going to help anyone. Right. And so, yeah, I, I basically, like, I lost 110 pounds. And suddenly I was an, the same head in a new body. Right. It didn't go away. Yeah, I didn't have, like, I throughout so many times in my life before I got comfortable with who I was, I imagined that if I get to this finish line, old Josh will just evaporate. Mm-hmm. And like this new confident, like men about town will right. arise. <laughs> and, and it was only an embrace. It's, it's, it's really some like chubby Jewish Spider-Man shit. Yeah. Like, it's only an embracing my origin story yep. that I really was sort of freed. Oh, I love that. That's gorgeous. Thank you. And by the way, what I really loved is when you spoke about a lot of the Drake and Josh stuff, you spoke a lot about the money. Yeah. Cause there's this perception. I mean, when you think about, how relevant that show was, how many millions of people had to have seen it. You would think that you're living in a palace. You have gold <laughs> bars for breakfast. Like you would think that, but you really broke down the money. You said over the course of five years, cause there aren't that many episodes on kids TV shows. Sure. You made $450,000 over the course of five years, which after taxes, after commissions for your agents and everyone that netted to what, like less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, so we made nine hundred thousand over five years, and then it netted to about four fifty over five. So yeah, it was a little less than a hundred grand a year. Right, which isn't what you would expect for someone who's like so a part of the cultural zeitgeist. Hug me, brother. Like it's <laughs> like it's so a part of pop culture. Yeah, you would think like you were making bank, but you weren't. No, and and is that did, did you think that too? Like of course, <laughs> really you right. were like Hannah Montana level. Like yeah, it was a di- and I'm sure I, I doubt Miley got rich from that show. Exactly, she got rich from other it's, stuff. By the way, and you don't get paid royalties in kids television shows, no, which no I didn't residuals. know until I read your book. And is Drake and Josh on a streaming service right now? Probably, it's probably yeah. on what like Paramount Plus, yeah. Viacom, right? Um, so the show is still generating revenue, and you're not. No, nothing ever. Like That's the day insane. we were done, it was done, and. Yeah, and it was like, because I think, like, we hear about the kids from Modern Family, mm-hmm. or, we, or Two and a Half Men. Yeah. And, like, yeah, that's, you Cable. know, F you money for the rest of your mm-hmm. life. And then, like, nowadays, we also have, like, like the Stranger Things kids. Yeah. Whether they get paid or not, I'm sure they're doing great. 
also when Stranger Things dropped on a Friday, when they woke up Monday, they had 10 million followers. A on different social. life, yeah. Like, and then you know now absurd amounts. So like suddenly they had this tangible thing that they could take with them, monetize. But we didn't have that necessarily. No. So yeah, like it. You know, obviously, I don't want to talk about money. It's gross, but it felt important. No, it's beyond helpful, by the way. Yeah, explain. And what's so interesting is, like, you were at Nickelodeon at this time where, like, now, years later, we all grew up with it. It's kind of been, like, this, like, source of scandal in a way. Mm. Amanda Bynes, you got started on The Amanda Show before Drake and Josh. Do you talk to Amanda at all? Like, how is she doing? We stand her so hard, and we just want her out of her conservatorship. I absolutely love her. Okay, good. We do, we'll, like, talk every year or two. Good. And she was the best then, and she's, like, the best now. I just, I feel like Amanda Bynes was robbed in so many ways, because I think the industry, whatever happened to her that led to her cracking down, mm. robbed us all and robbed her, because I think she was on her way to being, like, the comedic actress of our generation. Beyond. The movies that she did up until that point, She's the Man, like... Oh, my God. It's, Genius. It's, she was the funniest actress, and I just so want her to be well. My friend Brandon J. McLaren, who he and I did the show, Turner and Hooch, on Disney+, mm-hmm. Plus, he was one of the stars of She's the Man, and I'm like... We're never. Wait, gonna, which character? He played. Or he was like on the. He was on the soccer team, uh-huh. and he was like one of Channing's yeah, friends. Yeah, one in the guys. Movie. Yeah, yeah, one of the dudes. And like he, I'm like, we're never gonna not talk about that. Like, yeah, of I want to know everything because that movie's iconic. I mean, I use she's the man jargon in everyday life. Word G man, <laughs> my favorite's Bree. Like literally, my <laughs> favorite's Gouda. Um, but okay, so the Amanda Bynes of it all. Right. Also, I have to ask because for years I have. I actually, when I when our show used to be owned by Verizon, I got like in so much trouble from legal for talking about Dan Schneider. But there, oh there God. have been like so many, especially in the age of TikTok, like the feet. There is a lot of weirdness as it pertains to Dan Schneider, and I, I can't lie, I was gooped and gagged seeing his name in your book. I want to know what you think of the Dan Schneider of it all. I mean, I, obviously, I've certainly seen seen that stuff just it being around in the public but you know my experience with with him was he was my boss Mm -hmm. you know and he was certainly like i mean he at that time what what is sort of you can't deny is that he had the magic sauce of Uh nickelodeon i mean he was behind keenan and kel and all that amanda show victorious yeah and so he was he's like i know what i'm doing and and there's no question Mm -hmm. that i know what i'm doing and so you know we weren't we weren't that close. It oh. just was like, he was my boss and, mm-hmm. and I kind of like, and, and I was going through so much of my own stuff at yeah. that time that I think I was like, if I, you know, I, I just was sort of so self-focused. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't see anything nefarious. No. Okay. But then there's the Drake of it all, which I really don't want to get into. Cause if you read the book and I feel like a lot of the press you've been doing, everyone wants to know about Drake, Drake, Drake. But sure. if you read the book, like it's not that deep. Like you guys started working together. And then after the show, some people, you know, Keenan and Kel, they went on as a comedy duo. You guys decided to go your separate ways. But did Keenan and Kel go on as a comedy duo? Not I don't really. know. But like you and Drake didn't. And right. you didn't keep in touch. And you got married 10 years later. And you didn't invite him to your wedding. Because like, would you invite your coworker from 10 years ago to your wedding? No. And then he went crazy. And now he's in jail or whatever. Like, it ain't that deep. Like, you didn't invite him to your wedding. Not because there was some big beef. Because you had a small wedding. And you hadn't spoken to the man in 10 years. I, you know, again, I was going through such a weird, random existence during that time. Mm -hmm. And like, and like, so I'm like deeply insecure being overweight on on this show. And like, and also, but like, why, how am I crying with two loaves of bread under my arm that I'm eating? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I'm, this is the dream. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted this. Mm -hmm. I got us out of New York. Like, we're not broke anymore. Right. You did it. And And it wasn't like enough. It wasn't enough. Yeah. And then, and then I lose the weight and I'm dealing with this weirdness, which is like, 
some most people were very happy for me, but now I'm getting hate for losing weight. Right, right, right. You can't win. And I'm like, well, talk to my cardiologist. What do you right, want? From right, right. I did what I did. Like, I'm no longer on blood pressure meds. Um, can we talk about your dad? Please. And okay, so crazy story, by the way, about your dad. How you're you never met him. No, you never. knew he existed, and like I think now you probably like know his name and maybe what he looks like, but he yeah. has passed on. Yes. And the book is very eerily dedicated for E. A D. Mm. Are those your dad's initials? They're not my dad's initials, but more importantly, they're not my mother's initials. Yeah, right. And I've heard about that from her. Who the fuck is this? This is a lovely, very special family friend who helped, my mom's best friend who helped raise me. Got it. And she sadly passed away. And, oh. and it felt like, sort of like, and she, to be quite honest, she passed away at the time where I was kind of like, you know, acting a fool. And oh. So I, I felt like I never quite was able to give her the, her due, mm -hmm. you know? And oh, so that. it felt like a loving tribute. Oh my God, I have chills. I love that. Okay. I Thanks. thought maybe it was like some sneaky message. It's like, who your <laughs> to dad To my dad? Yeah, right. I'm going to dedicate this thing I worked so hard on. <laughs> to this <laughs> to the man I never guy. <laughs> well, so the dad thing was so crazy. Mm. And what I thought was so interesting is like, you said it really affected you as an actor. Like, in roles where you would have to like talk to your dad, you felt weird because you'd never spoken to a dad before. Totally. And I thought that was interesting. And then I was like got dying because you, and the book came out before, the book was sent to the publisher before this news was released. You are now in How I Met Your Father. Yes. And a lot of people think you might be the father. <laughs> and it's just, to me, I was like laughing so hard because I'm like this whole dad complex you had. And then you ended up on a show, How I Met Your Father, where you might be the father. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and now I'm, I'm, I'm very much at the dad age. Like, and you are a dad. I am a dad. I'll see like, you know, you get these things called breakdowns for auditions and it'll be like, you know, the part is 30 to 40, you know, um, uh, uh guy you know a, a typical looking guy and and now it says and he's a dad to an eight-year-old i'm like that's impossible <laughs> like, oh, maybe it is so yes it's weird yeah i never met my pops it certainly had this sort of big effect mm -hmm. on me but in so many ways i didn't realize and then in having my own kid it like really allowed me to sort of like close that bad feedback loop and you never reached out to any of his siblings you you said in the book that you did that i mean not siblings kids any of your siblings you said in the book you did that on purpose like you know you could reach out to them but you, right. you don't want to blow up their entire world like hey <laughs> i'm here welcome <laughs> you know um i you know the truth is is yes he had a whole other family and he was in his 60s when he hooked up with my mom mm -hmm. so it's like he you know my brothers and sisters are in their 50s mm -hmm. and so yes that is certainly a thing where i was like i had done so much work on it and he was gone at this point that right. i'm like i don't want to blow up their image that they have of their dad right who, he was obviously great to them i mean that's incredibly magnanimous of you like not everyone aren't you curious i i'm not so curious but my a buddy of mine brought this up my friend brian koppelman who had me on his pod and, and it was an interesting insight he's like do you ever think though that you also hold secrets that might help them right and i was like what do you mean he's like that his kids might, in the back of their head, go, you know, sometimes dad would come home smelling of perfume. Right. Or, like, sometimes dad would have this, like, lost look in his mm -hmm. eye, and I'd wonder what he was thinking. And, like, if I showed up and I was like, that lost Here look was Josh from Drake and Josh. I mean, <laughs> it's not enough that, like, they have this other sibling, but it's you. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. odd. Well, so, have you ever done 23 and Me? I have, yes. They might find you that way. I'm just in the registry? You're in the registry, yeah. 
Wow. Did you not think about that? No. When I was reading the book, I'm like, did this bitch do 23andMe? I got to go. Literally. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, I'm having to melt down. No, that would be amazing. Yeah. All 23andMe told me was that I was like 99.1% Ashkenazi. Okay, by the way, so like in like, the, I grew up in, and I still like very much socialize in like a really Jewish community here in New York. Love it. And one of my best friend's dads was like 98.9% and people were freaking out. Like that was the highest they'd see, 98.9% Ashkenazi Jewish. So I do it and I'm 99.6. Wow. And I'm like one up in Kenny Ashendorf. I'm like, Kenny, I'm the new queen. <laughs> Maza. Wait, then Ben does it. 100% Ashkenaz <laughs> Jewish. Isn't that crazy? I just can't believe that like a, a his great 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 didn't have like a flame, an affair, yeah. You know, with it's a, shocking with a Polish girl or like right. somebody like Shiksa goddess. Yeah, some beautiful Shiksa goddess. Okay, so now let's talk about your transition into being an influencer, content creator, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I was shook first of all because when you were talking about the first time you ever made money on a brand deal and you were talking about Badoo, like I've been influencing for so long, like I have Badoo stories. I got paid twenty five grand from Badoo. Like good I for was, you. I was shook reading that like just the parallels I'm sure it was a similar time like it was so funny like a real throwback so I love that yeah um and I didn't realize like at the peak of your career with like the vine not peak of your career peak of the vine career sure we were the most followed person on the platform these brand deals were just coming in left right and center before it all came to a halt and now even after I didn't realize what a big part of your like digital career college talks were yeah you get paid for that oh yeah a lot nice wow not bad I'm shook. Would you do that? Duh. I mean, I think I'm like too like disgusting to speak at a college. Like, I cannot believe that. I've done some Hillel's. You'd Ooh, crush. I love a Hillel. I good love, bagel spread. I love a do good... Do they fly you first class for the college talks? They basically will... They'll give you a fee and then like they'll say like, and this, you know, and then you have like a stipend, mm -hmm. a part of it, and you know, fly yourself, put yourself up wherever. That's so why you're a points guy. I always go nice on the plane and I go simple on the hotel. I think that's a really good philosophy. I'm a Marriott Courtyard guy. Are you a Marriott Bonvoy member? Of course. Of course. Please. The app is so good. Oh, I'm dying for titanium. No, I know. I'm a few nights away from like reaching my next level and it's so helpful with tour because like i have so many hotel rooms i can't totally. wait oh i shout out marriott shout out marriott speaking of your digital career i found it very interesting that you were incredibly specific and upfront about how much money you made on tv mm. but then when it came to the money you were making on social you were a little more tight-lipped and i think that's because you're making a lot of money on social can you explain your decision well i yeah i i think like i i think i say at one point like it it there came a point where I was making seven figures from YouTube from, a month, not from YouTube. No, 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 not a month. Oh no. Over like a year I could, I was making over seven figures with like combined of brand deals mm -hmm. and YouTube College. and speaking engagements. But yeah, I was able to, yeah. And, and at that point it's just like, you're playing with house money. Like it just makes no sense. Cause it's, you know, in comparison, it's just like it, you're, we're the lucky ones. A hundred percent. That I was like, it's not important that I like, Brag. Put some weird flex. Yeah, but I was curious. <laughs> sure. I'm not gonna we lie. I'm nosy. Me. We're friends. Yeah, no. I, I guess I could have just texted you like, how much did you get paid for that brand deal? <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Keep going. I thought that was really interesting. At the end of your chapter on sobriety and like your journey to going to meetings, was this little disclaimer you had mm. because Alcoholics Anonymous is of course anonymous and sure. in some way like does it contradict 
the anonymity of it all by writing about it in the book. I thought it was totally fine. I know, of course, you probably changed all those people's names. Like, I thought it was fine. Sure. But I'm curious if people, since the book came out a few days ago, if you've had any sort of backlash to you writing about it. I haven't. And you're right. Like, how could I tell in an honest way my experience mm -hmm. while honoring the anonymity of 12 Step? And so I do mention it, but it's not a lot. And... I basically, yeah, there's certainly, there were ways where I could have omitted it completely, but I feel like I maybe wouldn't have been able to tell the whole story. Yeah. So I feel like, and that's why I did do the disclaimer, because the reality is, like, in no way am I a representative or an ambassador mm -hmm. for any 12 step. It's just something that worked, worked for me. For and I, I have that quote in the Steve-O book, or, or in the book about what Steve-O said, which is like, whenever someone you know puts on weight no one blames the gym right right like they just assume they stop going right so i think it's important because you know it's a day at a time thing that like i say that i'm sober today hopefully i will be for the rest of my life and you know i i got sober this way but there are other ways do you still go to meetings i do do you go when you're in new york or you stay in la i i'm only been here two days but if i'm traveling somewhere i'll totally look up it's a great way to like just plug in to people that mm -hmm. are like me and yeah speaking of the steve-o quote what i also found really interesting in the book was how many quotes you had whether it was like things people in your life have told you that that stuck with you um famous quotes by like famous doctors now i wanted to know if you research those quotes or you have them all memorized well i also i had a podcast i, I have my podcast male models now but for 120 episodes i did the curious, curious podcast so i had a lot of great stuff from people i was fascinated by and i sort of mind that and then but then also yeah i i i'm a quote guy i love a good quote and then also I would look up some stuff and, you know, yeah. So I found the quotes to be like extremely powerful. I literally, if you look at this book, I have so many things underlined. Ready? Oh boy. I okay. love it. Look at you. No, I was, I really, okay. What an honor. I don't know who you said, uh, who said this? Was it Lisa Lampanelli? Oh, that's a great, that was on my podcast. I don't know. About the, the popcorn trick? No, the reason why people are funny is usually not funny at all. I don't know if that, that's a great quote, but I don't know where I where heard Where you heard it from. Okay. Uh, also, um, I loved when you talked about TV being your best friend. Yes. And I resonated so hard with this. Like, throughout my life, television has been my best friend, my babysitter, my teacher, and most importantly, my escape. I left... Um, I left it on to feel like someone was there. I fell asleep to it, so the room never got dark. If you knew, like, how much I've been doing that since I was a kid, mostly because I'm afraid of the dark. Like, when Ben's gone, I sleep with the TV on. I sleep with all the lights on. Like, I'm my electricity bill is crazy because I'm <laughs> petrified, absolutely petrified of the dark. I just, I love that. And I was like, oh, my God, this is in my brain. Wait, let me keep going. Hold on. While you look, I'll tell you that oh, now my, my wife and I have recently purchased a home. Mazel tov. Thank you so much. And I am a city kid. I've right. grown up in apartments. We live in an apartment currently. And I am so terrified that now if there's a sound in the house, it's going to be incumbent on me. Oh, yeah, you're to man go of the house. investigate. I could never live in a house. So many sounds. I remember, this was years ago, Paige's mom, my wife's mom, was, uh, she's like, you know, your, your father's out of town, and I've been hearing a lot of sounds around the house. Like, there have been people walking around. Like, I'm just feeling a little nervous. Like, would you guys mind staying over the night? Right. I'd love for a man to be in the house right. tonight. And I was, and I go, well, what call man? a man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not that guy. And I was like, geez, when a man is required, I am now of the age. Yeah, you have to come to terms with that. Oh my God. Speaking of Paige, I have two more questions for you. Speaking of Paige, I was kind of waiting in the book for you to talk about like your guys' meet cute. But from a lot of the press I've seen you do this week and just like overall consensus from the book, it's my understanding that Paige is extremely private. She, I wouldn't say extremely, but she's she's a healthy amount of private. Right. And it's it's just something I love about her because she, she so knows 
who she married, and she in no way ever tries to. I mean, she censors me in the way a wife should censor of their course. husband, which is like, shut up, stupid. Right. <laughs> but she's just like, I'm happy to be along, you know, for the ride, and and in certain instances, like join you with with things. But you know, she she's a private person, and, yeah. And I do love that about her. And, me too. And we also made the call early on because I was just being a total like proud dad, and I loved posting photos of my kid. Yes. And you know, the internet loves it. Doesn't yes. hurt the views. Right. Um, but you know, around two ish. We were like, he's got a face now. It, you know, I wanted to honor his anonymity, so I don't post him anymore. We were just talking about that earlier on the podcast because I come from a family now. We have two kids in our family, and we don't share on social media. It's mm. like from from day one, it's just like a general rule of thumb. And I think like once you've seen the internet, good and bad, like I think a lot of people would come to that decision, and I totally respect that decision. Yeah, I just think like if. I want to give him the choice of anonymity because I think that's a right mm -hmm. and privacy. And if at a certain age when he's old enough to be like, Dad, I want to be in something right. to do, great. Great, but he can't make that decision right now. Totally. The last thing I want to talk to you about is this concept in your book of apostles, mm. I, which is such like a non-Jewish thing. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Same. But... I loved that concept. I feel like I have something simil similar in my life. I refer to it as like Malach Hashem, like an angel of God, like mm -hmm. people who just bring you from one place to another. And I feel like you had a similar thing with apostles, just people in your life who have told you really, really hard truths. Yes. And I'm curious how, as a Jew from New York, you can't, I didn't even know what the fuck an apostle was until I read it in your book. I had to Google it. Like, how did the fuck did you know that? And how did you come to that uh, theory? I, well, I tell this story about I was doing this movie called The Wackness with Ben, ben Kingsley, Kingsley, and I, he's my favorite actor. He's like the Michael Jordan to me of acting. And, and I remember on the last day of filming, I, I just felt compelled. I was 20. I was, you know, not sober, and I needed a father figure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I remember I said to him, I was like, Sir Ben, because he's a knight, you call him Sir Ben. Uh -huh. I said, do you have any advice? And he looked at me and I wanted the secret. I was like, how do I become a movie star? Right. And he was like, find your apostles. And I was like, oh, right. I didn't learn about that in Hebrew school. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, I've learned that an apostle is someone who tells you, they're willing to hurt your feelings to tell you something that's going to be good for you, mm -hmm. that, that will better you. I, I always say, if, if your reaction to something is, my reaction to an apostle telling me something is always, um, screw you, mm -hmm. I'm the worst, you're probably right, but it's too late, Right. fine, I'll do it. Right. And throughout my life, I've had people in my life who were willing to hurt my feelings knowing that it was going to be the best thing for, for you. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I'd heard of apostles. I knew right. that, you know, the Virgin Mary and Joseph was a carpenter. Or, yeah, I knew that too. You know, or like he, maybe, he, Joe, maybe was Jesus a carpenter and then Joseph was the... Joseph is... Who's Joseph? <laughs> Mary's sure. the mom. Isn't Jesus jo is the son. God is allegedly the father. Word up. We needed Maury back in the day. I'm married to a Catholic. Right. You should know better. I am a total mess and I'm ashamed. You should but know better. Shout out. Love Catholics. Love it all. Love it all. Um, okay. The book is incredible. It's so well written. I giggled so, like actually laughed out loud so many times. It's incredibly well written. It's very funny while also touching on some of the darker moments in life. I highly recommend it. It's available now. It just came out. Yes. Mazel Tov. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the toast. Thanks oh. for kikiing with us, talking about pop culture. Everyone pick up a copy of Happy People Are Annoying by Josh Peck. Oh, no. Happy People Are Annoying. Yeah, <laughs> not Happy People Are the Worst. Happy People Are Annoying by Josh Peck. Josh, thank you for being here. Booby, love you. Thank you. Love you. Everyone, thank you so much for a great <laughs> week of episodes. We'll see you back on Monday with uh, Jackie. She's joining us remotely, and we have a great week of co-hosts coming up. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IR Radio, Castbox, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us the Morning Toast. Leave a five star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Stay safe, and we'll see you on Monday. Bye.